right is right, it's time to be stirred. The time is now, the winds have changed. Read the signs, no time to hide. The winds have changed. Millennia ago, from the little cave on the tiny island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, for the winds have changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Hello and welcome to the Winds of Change. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on this beautiful day. Um, so let's start, it's noontime, so let's start with the Angelus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. O Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Always a beautiful prayer. We should start today, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m., I don't know how many of us actually do it, but we, we should. Uh, that's our professing our faith three times a day or call it recalling the history of our faith. Anyway, David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony. Always great to be here. And I um, uh, just want to kind of start with a little meditation on the, um, I, you know, at Mass this morning, something always hit me, and it's going to tie in strongly with my guest that I have coming on in a little while. But it's a story, and the, the first reading was from the book of Genesis, and it's about Joseph. It's about Israel's beloved son of Joseph and how he was attacked by his brothers. You know, uh, the, the least of us sometimes are, are the ones that come out and bring about the best in the world. And Joseph, of course, was considered, you know, uh, he would, his brothers were very jealous of him because he had the love of his father more so than them, I guess. And uh, they plotted to kill him, send him off to slavery. And that's what the reading talks about today, the greed and, the, and the, just the, the, the jealousy of the brothers and what it brought them to. Later, you'd find out that Joseph uh, saved the whole family when, he, when they had to find their way to Egypt. And uh, just, uh, it's, it's the story, I guess it's a story for all of us because I'm going to be speaking uh, a little later uh, or a little on the show soon, actually, with the author of a book on uh, St. Faustina and uh, the, another saint who was uh, really looked down on, or, uh, you know, would come as a young girl, as a, as a, a nun and all. And uh, it is, it is uh, the, the times, I think we, we have to, of course, I am the executive director of the World Apostle of Fatima, the Our Lady's Blue Army. And, um, you know, we, we look at the message of Fatima, and the message of Fatima, of course, was given to us by whom? Three unassuming little shepherd children. And it was, I guess, it's, it's their humility had to overcome our pride to accept what was said there. And uh, this, this message has been promoted now for 106 years. And we are, uh, of course, the, we're the, the Blue Army of Our Lady of Fatima, founded 75 years ago, 1947-48, when, uh, when our founders 
were looking to yeah, for a response to, after World War II to the request of Our Lady that really, you know, the, the Fatima message had not actually been embraced as we had as it had been hoped. Sister Lucia was very disturbed by it at that point. Uh, Saints Jacinta Francisco had already passed away, and she was alone. And she, she you know, the promise of Our Lady, she never would be truly alone. She felt very much alone because the Fatima message was not being put out there. And that's when our founders founded a blue army of prayer to counter that red army of atheistic communism as, as, as the communism had been spreading throughout the world, particularly after World War II. So anyway, this is, this is where our apostolate started. And um, for many years, we had the, the, you know, the message being promoted. Um, but you know, people, people came on and they, they listened to the warnings and, and the many things that were brought out by the message of Fatima. And here we are now 106 years later, and what have we learned? That's the question. So I want to bring on my guest here soon, uh, but before I do, I want to point out a couple of events that are going on in the, in the Chicago Archdiocese uh, with the Blue Army. Uh, they will be having a St. Joseph table on, at St. Thomas More Parish at uh, 2825 West 81st Street after the 10 a.m. Mass on March 19th on the Feast of St. Joseph. These are always great events. I really highly recommend them. And of course, uh, every month there are all-night vigils being held, and these are at the missionaries, the Saint uh, Saint Benedict Sisters of Saint Benedict at 5900 West, 147th Street in Oak Forest, beginning with um, Friday night mass and ending up with, uh, with confessions and mass. I believe 8 p.m. and followed by adoration and prayers through the night, and then mass again at 5 a.m. So, I really recommend that you, especially in this year of the uh, Eucharistic Revival, which we're involved in, or the several years of the Eucharistic Revival. We're trying to work with the UCCB on this to try to promote this. One of the things we're promoting strongly is our books, Night of Love, particularly, about the, the format for the all-night vigils. And uh, Eucharistic adoration, Eucharistic reparation, is a big part of the Fatima message, and it is what this year is to be about. So you can find these books on bluearmy.com or shopfatima.com. But I don't want to waste time getting to my guest today. I have a very special person coming on, uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. Donna Marie is a, an author, a television host, and a, a longtime friend. She is the published, she is the, she's published 35 books. Uh, and there's uh, three more on the way, I'm told. But I want to talk to her particularly about one that she has just written on St. Faustina. So Donna Marie, are you there? Yes, thank you so much, David, for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's it's good to have you on the show. And uh, I was just trying to say, I'm trying. You know, if, I, if I read your whole bio, it would take the whole show. So I better not do that. <laughs> you <know. laughs> but it's but you know, Donna Marie, as I pointed out, you, know, you are you are a long time. You're a wife, mother, and grandmother. Uh, you love teaching the faith, and you have served as a catechist for 30 years. I love that because. Those are your credentials right there. Of course, we've known each other through our, our work with Father Andrew Apostoli and with um, yeah. uh, EWTN uh, Television. And I have always been uh, happy. You were, you were at our shrine in New Jersey last, last year, the year before you came and spoke. It was a very honor to have you there. And, um, and it's just a, a little bit about your, your, the, the, the books you've written. Maybe you want to give a little, maybe a little background on some of the things that you've been doing, you have done through your career, including your books, and then we'll talk about your new book on St. Faustina. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know. Do you hear that feedback? Or, I hope it's okay for your listeners. It, it sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, my little background of... It's echoing back to me. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll try not to listen to okay. that. Um, so my first book was for a mother, and location of motherhood was so important and so um, filled with grace, but yet, you know, the moms in the trenches are often feeling like they're not filled with grace, you know, and they're they're trying to just take care of everything. But I, I like to remind them and encourage them that it's such a vocation of love and that we are to be the first and foremost education, ed, educators of the faith. And so because I am a mother of five and now a grandmother of two, you know, my, my heart really goes out to the family. So my first books were um, for the family, you know, even a pregnancy novena book that I wrote when I was on complete bed rest with a pregnancy. And Mother Teresa, whom I knew at the time, 
ended up writing the foreword to that book, which was such an honor. And that, um, it was really interesting, David, because on that, during that pregnancy, when I was trying to preserve my own life with a heart condition and a hemorrhage uterus and the baby who the doctor said was not going to make it, and thanks be to God she did, I had had three miscarriages earlier, um, and the doctor didn't think it was going very well. But Mother Teresa was praying for me. Lots of people were praying. I was praying and trying to do the right thing by staying still and all of that. But during that time, uh, it was amazing because God really inspired my heart to, to start writing for mothers and women and families. And, and I had written before that pro-life pieces and different articles and things, but I never wrote a I hadn't written books yet, and I hadn't even thought about being an author. So God puts you still sometimes, and he gets your attention, and um, he inspires your heart and soul. So a lot of books came out of that pregnancy, and, you know, they just continued to come. <laughs> and so it was pretty amazing. And like you said, there there's more than 35 right now with more coming out. And so, you know, I just, um, I think God put this desire, I mean, I believe he put a desire in my heart to help people get to heaven. And so that's what we do, right? That's that's beautiful. That's exactly, he puts a desire in your heart to help people get to heaven. And that is exactly what it's about. That's what our mission is. But where we promote the message of Fatima, where we promote the Catholic faith in general, um, you know, uh, divine mercy, all of this. The idea is, you know, uh, I mean, when I came on many years involved in this apostolate, um, I really... uh, You know, that's what had to sink into my head and the heads of others is we are here to help people attain their salvation. Yes. And that's really yes. what this is about. And that's that's why all of us get up in the morning, I hope. <laughs> so, yeah. And pray through the night. <laughs> and pray through the night, you're right. Because we're you know, because remember, uh, uh, the evil never sleeps. Yes. And we yes. have to we have to be always on guard as to what we're doing to, to fight this type of thing. So absolutely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. You know, um, a little bit about the, the, the this the work you've done with EWTN. You're You've actually had four different uh, shows on EWTN, if I recall. Is that correct? Uh, three different series that I created and, and have been on. And one one of them airs every single day all around the world, and people are constantly in touch with me saying, you know, thank you for doing that because it gives me the encouragement, actually, they said, to get out of bed in the morning. And so, you know, it, it's so humbling, right, David, because, you, you know, you feel sometimes, I don't know about you, but, you know, God raises the lowly, like, like the shepherd children and like St. Faustina and Mother Teresa, who looks so tiny, but she was a powerhouse of faith, hope, and love, you know. And so he raises us up and, and sends us forth. And so it's pretty amazing what he does through the work. So through those shows and through the books and the talks and all of that, I have, um, you know, God unfolded this apostolate um, in my life, and I'm in touch with countless people all around the world who, who are trying to get to heaven, you know, and who are seeking advice and prayer and all of that. So I'm just so thankful, you know, um, to, to EWTN for allowing me to create those series and for airing them and for, you know, most most of all, thankful to our Lord, you know, for, for uh, how, you know, raising this lowly person to do the work. Yeah, and, and that's exactly, I think we all have to look at that. I, I had somebody come to the shrine recently, a, a lady and a husband and her child, and, and she said to me, she goes, she pulled me aside, and she said, uh, I've seen you, she goes, and I, I watched one of your videos, she said, and that's why we're here. And I said, wow. And I thought to myself, that was such a good feeling. I don't, not, not to pat myself on the back, but something that I was inspired to say on one of those videos Brought somebody here, or there, you know, to the shrine to be, to, to, to participate in the thing, and I and I, I just that makes me feel that okay, I'm on the right track, and I think yeah. you've had you've had those experiences many times yourself. Absolutely, and along with it, as you know, comes the spiritual warfare, which we won't, uh, you know, dwell on or give credit to. You know who, as I call the evil one, because he, like you said, he never sleeps, and and the thing is, he loves to get the credit for all this stuff. But as you know, we learned from Father Andrew and. So many other saintly people and, you know, of course, Holy Mother Church, you know, we need to, to be ready for battle. We are in a spiritual battle and to be prayerful, especially the rosary, the daily rosary. And to, um, I forget the point I was getting to originally, but uh, it's, you know, it's important to, to pray and to be in the state of grace and to, um, you know, continue to, 
to pray and pray for the salvation of souls, right? Yeah, and that's actually, uh, Don Ray, like you said, you refer to our dear friend, Father Andrew Apostoli, who brought us together, actually. And yes, uh, he, yeah. had a, he had a great line when he talked about when you're getting attacked. He says, Dave used to say, the devil doesn't shoot at decoys. Exactly. <laughs> so if I know. Getting, if you're getting attacked, you're doing something right. Uh, Don Ray, yes. we have to take a break. And when we come back, sure. I'd like to follow up a little more on this and then start talking a little bit about, about your new book here, which is, it's got just it's a wealth of, uh, of, of power about, about a, a very holy woman. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on the Winds of Change, the, the EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ, and on 88.5 FM WSFI. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age 3 and 4, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic, social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org. ststandschicago.org. I'm David Carollo, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air Monday through Friday, noon to 1, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. And my guest today is Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. Uh, Donna Marie uh, is an AWGN personality, host, author of many books, and, um, and I wanted you to come on today, Donna Marie, to talk about this new book that you have just uh, um, published, um, just, just being published now, just coming on, and, and I was honored that you asked me to do a, a, an endorsement of this book, and, uh, and I, it's beautiful because it's about St. Faustina, and it's, it's, you know, it's the idea of St. Faustina the Diary of a Young Faustina, A Saint's Incredible Journey. And I think that is, uh, I, I, the title says a lot, and it really does, because we talk about simplicity, we talk about, you know, and I look through the chapters in this book, and I guess my question to you to start with is, you know, what did you want, what was your, your hope in, in getting across in writing this book? Oh, thank you so much, David. Well, um, I do a lot of work on Divine Mercy and St. Faustina, and I have a couple of books out with the Marian, uh, with Marian Press. You know, the Marians um, are the custodians of the diary of St. Faustina. And then I wanted to write the story for young adults, for middle school age kids and above. And so, you know, I set out to write this to tell the story, to give them hope, to help them to see you know, like St. Faustina was kind of like, you know, Hel- Helena Kowalska, her first name before she became a nun. And boy, did it take a while to get into the convent because of all the, the challenges she had to go through. Um, she, so she was just this uneducated, very simple Polish farm girl. You know, she was a wonderful girl. and She was very obedient and very happy and everything. But she, um, she seemed insignificant to the world's eyes because she wasn't even educated except for about a year and a half of uh, formal education. But she was very smart. She learned a lot, you know, at home and from the farm and cooking and all kinds of things. She was very um, well-rounded. But the nuns, you know, many, many convents thought, oh, she's really not much of anything, is she? And they turned her away. And I'm trying to get across so many things to the kids in addition to the young adults and and to adults alike, in addition to, you know, teaching them, the whole, you know, the whole history of St. Faustina and the diary and everything, and the whole message of the Divine Mercy, I want to get across to them that we might seem insignificant. We might seem like we don't really, you know, have much of a mission in life or, 
You know, but God calls the lowly. He calls the simple. He calls the pure-hearted, the humble. He calls these people to do to do His work. And, he, and sometimes He puts a, a real heavy uh, mission on their shoulders, like with Saint Faustina. And so that's what I'm trying to get across: is you know the whole story and message and all of that. But to show the young ones and the older ones too that um, you know. God can do anything, and He calls us to His mercy, and He calls us to be merciful people. And I feel blessed that when I was writing the book with, you know, St. Faustina's relic always with me, I always kept that with me with my other writings, too, and I prayed so much and prayed for her help. I really feel she helped me. I feel so blessed that in the writing, you know, it just took on this life of, you know, description and just, and I did so much research um, from only, you know, authentic sources, and the diary itself is not in chronological order. Uh, some people don't realize that, because she burned it along the way. She was tricked by the devil, and she, she, the devil tried to make her think she was too proud, and she burned it, and she had to rewrite it from memory, plus the, the things, you know, all the revelations that were happening currently, so there's a lot to it, but... Um, uh, I lost my train of thought there, David. Sorry, but no, no. It, but you're, you're right on track here because find her some other names here: Saint Juan Diego, yeah, yes. you know <laughs> Bernadette Subaru, you know mm-hmm. the three children of Fatima, okay, and Saint Faustina. I mean, what status did any of these people have in society? Right. And, right. and, and God puts these messages, these dynamic messages, in their hands. It's not. It's that their, their humility you know, will temper our pride that we have to accept. We have to accept the the, the words and even, even clerics, people in the church had to do that. They had to accept something from these uneducated people. And these, these were, this is how God was speaking to us. Yeah. Absolutely. It really is. I think that's, that's the true message. You know, we have to have hearts open to accept these things if we're going to truly live it. And, uh, and I, I mean, and going through it, and I love the, the way you, you lined up the, um, the different chapters of the book. I mean, you know, a saint is born. God has big plans for a little farm girl, you know, knocking until the door opens. And that's perseverance. Yeah, She had yes, to do yes. a lot, you know. Then her dream comes true, you know, grand mission, you know. I mean, and I guess we go on and on. But, but and then, then later on, you know, you know, Mary, mother in her life, dead souls sought her help. Well, let's think about the souls in purgatory. Do we remember them sufficiently? You know, the angels and the demons, how they, you know, how how she fought that. Trust in God, you know, and divine mercy for our souls and for the world. I think it's very, just very well laid out. And and, 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 and I think that is really what this message is about. You know, the message of divine mercy, which began in 1931, right, uh, is, uh, that's only two years after Sister Lucia, Yes. received the last of the messages of Fatima when she received the, you know, the missions of Tui Spain. And, um, uh, and it's an interesting two years later. And what did, what was that in that last apparition when she saw our Lord on the cross, our lady next to it, God, the father, the Holy spirit, and then the blood uh, coming from the side yes. of Christ into the chalice. And what were the words to the right, you know, graces and mercy. And yes. two years later, you know, and maybe God was saying, okay, these, 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 these people still don't listen to me. So I have to send somebody else now. Right. <laughs> yes, because God's, like God's mercy was, God was always merciful, but he needed to show us a different way. Exactly. And we have to accept it. And maybe, you know, and, and I think is, is, you know, the divine mercy, uh, you know, whole, the whole thing of the divine mercy apparitions is very much a continuation of what was given at Fatima. I, I really, yeah. really believe that. And we're, it's why we have to, you know, you know, he just wants us to come to him, you know, mm-hmm. simply. You know, and I think, you know, our our 20th century was 20, this last hundred years into the 21st century has just been, I mean, you know, all of these, all of these warnings that came out of Fatima, I mean, everything has effectively come true. When are people going to listen? I know it. And it's just, in some ways, it's getting worse, but we cannot lament and, and, you know, throw in the towel because we have to keep our eyes fixed on heaven and on Our Lady's messages and, and to continue on and to continue like those little children, the shepherd children with their penances. You know, they didn't want anyone to go to hell. And little Jacinta, how how precious she was that she stayed longer. The Blessed Mother said she could go home to heaven and she 
Yet she would stay a little longer to, to save some more souls. It's just amazing if we could be like children, if we could humble, you know, pray for the grace of humility. And that's when God will really use us to help others because he wants every single one of us, you know, step up to the plate and to, and to be that, that spark like St. Faustina too, to be that light like the children, you know, that light to the world. And to repent, you know, and that's what he calls us. That's what Our Lady called us to do, to turn away from sin, to pray the daily rosary, to, you know, and to, to do the penances. And and like Father Andrew says, you know, the the uh, our part, we're not really doing our part. <laughs> you know, the Holy Father did his part with the consecration, but we, we need to do our part to pray at the first five, you know, Saturdays and to, to, to pray the daily rosary and to you know, and to, oh. to seek every opportunity to help others. Well, we talked to bring about the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. This will come when we merit it. That's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. idea yeah. that, okay, well, when's it going to be here? When's it going to be here? Well, are we ready? Have we, uh, you know, have we followed the request enough for this to happen? Right. That beautiful yeah. time, I believe it will be when there will be, you know, see, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I am not as pessimistic as many people who just love to look at prophecy and say, oh, this is it, this is the end, everything's going to be. Right. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't go with that. You know, I'm, I mean, certainly, you know, we, we are on a precipice here. Let's be realistic. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. But the reality exactly. is, you know, like like the king of Nineveh, if we if we the people of Nineveh, if we go and get on our knees and put on a sackcloth and ashes, I guarantee this world will become what it's supposed to be. Okay, but right. not enough of us are penitential. Uh, we're not. You know, we, we as a people, as a, as a nation. I mean, I, it's, it's appalling what's happening in our country of all right. places. You know no. that that these. That, that, but we're just totally denying our Christian faith. You know, our yeah. Christian heritage as a nation. And it's uh, it's it, it's a pretty horrible time, but but again, you know, I, I Saint John Paul II was asked in you know, 1980, I believe it was, in a um, in an interview uh, about the third part of the Secret of Fatima, and why it wasn't released and this, and he said, look, it just was not for the time. Basically, was his response, okay, that his predecessors felt that it would just be there would be self-fulfilling prophecies coming out of that okay you know and right. and i think uh, but what did he say then he reached in his pocket he pulled out his rosary and he <laughs> said pray put everything in the hands of the mother of god he said you know and yeah. that's all it was it wasn't let's not worry about what is said it's because these aren't things that will happen these are things that could happen okay right. and if they do happen it's because we we did not fulfill the requests it's the same thing, and the same thing with the divine mercy. You know, God wants to have mercy on us. Yeah. But it's yeah. not, it's just not there for the taste. It's like, it's like salvation itself. It's available to us. But we have yeah. to, we have to, you know, you look at that beautiful picture on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel of the hand of God and hand of Adam, right? Their fingers pointing, and there's that little gap between the two fingers. And that right. little gap represents free will. And yeah. we have to come the rest of the way. And if we don't do it, it's not there for us. And and what a shame if we don't embrace, like the Fatima message and the messages given in Divine Mercy and by other, you know, other revelation, that that you know we need to devote our lives to the to working towards the salvation of souls to help attain the grace for those, you know, this pardon prayer from Fatima. I, I love it. What does it say? Yeah. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love Thee. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. And what you're doing is you're asking God to give people who do not believe the grace to believe. Yeah. You know, Beautiful. Uh, yeah, and I think that really that 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 really says it all. I, I'm saying I, I always call that our mission statement as an apostolate here, but I think right. that's our mission statement as Catholics in general. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy to remember and it's so easy to pray you know, earnestly from your heart several times a day. Sure. I mean, it is a simple thing. It's a simple prayer. Sure, it's great you see our rosaries and our chaplets of divine mercy and all these beautiful prayers that we've been given, and we should never neglect these. But sometimes it's just something comes to mind. You have a dull moment. Say yes. a, a, a quick prayer like that, like 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 yes. the pardon prayer or something. You know, yes. every time you go by, think of the dead. Pray, the, the you know, the, these prayers for the dead. You know, the yes. souls in purgatory are a great 
uh, you know, an asset and, and, and accomplice for us in, in, in the work we do. And I think uh, yeah. that's, you know, and that's what St. Faustina spoke about that. And, of course, yeah, one yeah. chapter dedicated to that, you know. And so, uh, Donna Marie, we have to take one more break here. And when we come back, I'd like you to maybe talk a little bit about St. Faustina and the souls in purgatory. David Carollo sure. sitting in today for Father Anthony on AM 750 on the EWTN Voice for Chicagoland, AM 750 WNDZ and 88.5 FM WSFI. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air Monday through Friday, noon to 1, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. We are the students of St. Stanza Fosco Academy and you're listening to the Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org. ststandschicago.org. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony and my guest, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. Uh, Donna Marie, I... Um, want to talk a little bit about you have an upcoming uh, presentation going to be giving at the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts on Divine yes. Mercy Sunday, I understand. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, right, uh, this year. I, and I spoke there uh, a few years ago at the shrine, and it was just really amazing. And that's my largest audience, actually, 20,000 people. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, this year I'll also give a presentation. I'll speak about St. Faustina and the Eucharist, you know, being in the Eucharist Revival, and also I'll be on their live show filmed by EWTN um, mm -hmm. and filmed throughout, the, you know, aired throughout the world that day, you know, right from on location from the shrine. So it's just sure. such a beautiful, uh, grace-filled uh, day, and to be there is pretty amazing. Um, it, it always has been for me every time I've been there, and I'm very uh, blessed to live only a couple of hours away from the shrine, so I can visit and um, and that's where the Marians. The Marian Press, uh, my publisher for this book, is located, and also, you know, the Marians, um, the priests and brothers. So, um, yeah, so I'm very, very much looking forward to that. I feel very blessed to have been invited to do that. Yeah, yeah we've worked with Father Chris Lauer quite a bit and with uh, yeah. Father Callaway. I mean, they've all been big friends. Father Chris has been at the Shrine Speak, and, of course, you've been to our shrine in New Jersey. We didn't have yeah. 20,000. We had about 3,000 that day, I think. Well, yeah, so, so. that was still a good <laughs> That was still a wonderful crowd. It was wonderful. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. Though. It was a good day. We're so happy to have you, and we got to get you back at some point. Or we have to. We have to sure. get our invitation out again. But uh, sure, that'd yeah, be wonderful. Yeah, but it, and you have Father Luke there now too. And I yes, he was Father my, Luke Fletcher, uh, he's he's a great friend. Of renewal. Yeah. Yep, he's that a was, great friend. And he was my director on uh, two of my pilgrimages. He took Father Andrew's oh, place okay. actually when Father Andrew was sick. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, no, we're so blessed to have him. Father Luke jumped in uh, to come to the shrine uh, on some of our events because Father Andrew was four times every year. He would be there for May 13th. Right. He would be there uh, for always for Padre Pio Day. Mm. Uh, one other day. And then, of course, uh, October 13th. And we always, yeah. Father Andrew was the, was the mainstay. And I got to <laughs> tell you, he is, my, you know, well, as you know, we got to know each other through him. And, yeah. um, and, and I just, I, I have always, I, I have to tell you, one of the hardest things I ever had to write in my oh. life was when the, when the, uh, when the uh, National Catholic Register contacted me to write an article on him me when he died. Too. Yeah, I'm trying too. to write this, and I, I'm, I'm choking up. I mean, it was I know. Stuff, you know. I but, know. Uh, a dear it's so friend. hard. It's so, yeah, so dear. We, yeah, oh. he, he was, he was always good. I love good. him so uh, much. And, and you know, we, I first 
I pray to him every single day. I ask for his intercession, morning and night. And uh, I really believe, you know, he he's uh, rest. Well, he's not even resting in heaven. He's working hard still, Amen. probably. Yeah. I, I would say he's sitting there with Bishop Sheen. They're sitting there, maybe oh. sipping cognac or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. And I, I I'll, I'll never forget uh, visiting him in his last days. I was so blessed yeah. to spend a couple of hours with right. him one time in Yonkers, and then another time. Um, yes. Toward the end, and you know what, David? He talked to me about Saint Faustina and Divine Mercy in his last days. He was reading the diary again. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. It's all connected, right? It's well, it is all connected. connected. I mean, we are all connected, and that's that's yes. why we're together, and it's yes. wonderful. I mean, uh, yeah. and you know, and, and and that's the whole point. We're 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 talking about someone who is deceased, but he's with yes. us, and yes. that's the whole idea. Like your chapter in the book on the dead soul sought her help, and yeah. I I just that always is something that is strong with me, because yeah. you know we the, the souls need us, and we need right. them. Right, okay. exactly, and and right early on in her religious life, I mean, as soon what a way to start. She she asked our Lord for whom she should be praying, and he said he would let her know the following evening, and that was when he had her guardian angel escort her to purgatory, yes. and so she saw everything. And well, not only that, I don't think we'll have time, but you know, she also saw hell. But that's another story. But in purgatory, she saw the suffering soul. She saw Our Lady, you know, as Star of the Sea, as they called her, and she gave refreshment to the souls, and so she learned so much in that visit to purgatory. And then, then it was t- she wanted to even ask the, the souls a few more questions, and they and it, she couldn't because it was time to go back. And so she obeyed, of course. Her guardian angel escorted her back out of purgatory. And then later on in religious life, it didn't take very long. Uh, the souls started coming to meet her. The de- like I put in the name of the chapter, Dead Souls Sought Her Help. Um, I could have said deceased and sound a little nicer, but I wanted to kind of get the attention of the young reader. You know, these are dead souls who, who sought her help, and a lot of times um, the, they were sisters that were in purgatory. So, you know, we, we, we shouldn't just think people go straight to heaven. We need to pray for their salvation and for their souls. And you know, the Church teaches us that all who die in God's grace and friendship, but they're not, uh, but they're still imperfectly purified, are assured of their eternal salvation, but they have to undergo this purification, you know, uh, to achieve that holiness that's necessary to enjoy the, the joy of heaven. And that is, a, that is a mercy, that purification. It's not so much a punishment as it is a mercy. So anyway, she had, you know, these visitors at first she was, really kind of shocked about it, and um, they would come to her and ask for, for prayers, and um, she would pray the chaplet after she had learned the chaplet. She prayed the chaplet for the dying. Um, so she, there were so many souls that came to her in the night, usually. It was always in the night, and she would pray for these people. And a lot of times she knew when someone was dying and after someone died. She got this message uh, interiorly. Uh, and uh, later it was confirmed to her when she asked the sisters the following day about that person's death or, you know, so she wrote that in her diary. Her diary is filled with these stories of, uh, and I filled this chapter with a lot of the stories too, you know, right from the diary, her description. Well, you and I have another connection other than Father Andrew, and that's the late Father John Harden. Oh, yes. I knew him very well. I mean, and, and, uh, one thing Father Harden always said, when somebody's, somebody's passed away, you pray for everybody as if they're in purgatory. If yeah. they're in heaven, they don't need it. If God forgive, you know, forgive they're in hell, they're, you know, that prayer will be used somewhere else. But you pray for any individual as if they're in purgatory because you don't know. And a bishop I know very well, after he came back from a funeral, we saw him at something. He, said, he goes, well, I just said another canonization, he said. <laughs> you know, oh. His point was, you know, people are not remembering you right. know, the reality that people need. You know, and we should we should remember people fondly when they die. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. absolutely. But the reality is, you know, we know people need prayers, and we don't know. We don't right. know if they were ready. You know, and I think very few uh, people, you know, go right to heaven. <laughs> it's right, not, right, right, right. And know, so. and masses, holy mass, is such a gift to give to to the deceased and. And to try to have as many holy masses said for someone you know 
who has died, and that is a powerful prayer. And to con- you know to continue to pray um, many prayers for for those souls that have died. Sure. I, I have to ask you about Father Hardin. Did you ever hear him say this? I heard him say this so many times. He would say. There's work to be done. Yes. <laughs> and yes, and yes, he'd yes. have a he had a twinkle in his eye and he put his hands a certain way and he said, There's work to be done. And you knew very it was quietly. you he was talking to. Yeah. Yes, he was very so quietly quiet he talking. would say that because his voice was and everybody would listen. They'd crane their heads to listen yeah. because he would answer with him. But I know right, he were... would say that and he also his other line was uh, you know, um, we just lost, as you know, we just lost Deacon Bob Ellis, who was our, yeah. our national coordinator. He passed away in December. And he and I knew each other through the retreats with Father Hardin many years before we were together in his apostolate. And we used to always repeat what he would say. Father Hardin would say, we go on. That, oh, that was, uh, we yeah. go on. That was always what he would say. No matter what, what bump or bruise you hit, we go on. Beautiful. And I think that's what it is, and we have to do that. We we have to. And yes. He was yes, a, exactly. another another person who I think whose cause will complete at some point. Yes, because, yes. It uh, just takes time. It's open, but it just and, takes yeah. some time. Yeah, well, that's all right. Yeah, it takes many years. It takes, sometimes it's taken hundreds of years for some. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. But know, we know so. we can ask for their. I even ask for his intercession every single day. I mean, I'm not Absolutely. saying he's a canonized saint or anything, but I in my heart. I knew him as a saint on earth, just like I knew Mother Teresa was a saint on earth, and just like I knew Father Andrew, three pillars in my life, uh, in the spiritual life, that really helped me so much. And they, oh my gosh, they're they're still with us, and and they're still helping us. You know, speak a bit about your relationship with Mother Teresa, because I've always found that to be beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Well, by the grace of God, and actually through Father Hardin's influence and, and direction, that's how I met Mother Teresa. I went to Washington, D.C. to meet with Father Hardin, uh, my family, because it's in my memoir. It's, it's a whole long story about this crazy stuff that happened in a cult and everything, and we were trying to get somebody out of it anyway. He, he had been uh, counseling people to get out of this cult. So we went to meet with him. So we talked about those things. We talked about the spiritual life. And then he said, you know, uh, Mother Teresa's sisters have a have a convent and a home for the dying in in D.C. You should go visit them. Now we would never have thought of just showing up at a convent, you know, in, into the house of dying to just show up like that. But he encouraged us, and I, and my kids. I always took my kids to nursing homes and hospitals so that they could kind of learn the mer- works of mercy and to show them, you know, what we should do to help people. So we did. We showed up at the convent. We the sisters showed us the. The, the people who are dying at this um, the home for the dying that they took care of so lovingly and they were so joyful. So that was a gift to us to see this joy from the sisters and to see how they helped yeah. these people. And and they said, well, you can come back to our private mass tomorrow and Mother Teresa will be at one of the masses. <laughs> I thought, what? Uh, I didn't even know she was there at the time. So we had the choice of going to 7 or 11 o'clock mass. We went to seven, and there she was. It's a long story I could tell you, but to keep it quick, um, there she was, you know, right at that mass. She walked right past me in her bare feet and knelt down nearby, and, and, and all these sisters, and there was Mother Teresa. So for a second, I said to myself, oh, we made it to the right mass. And then I said to myself, get your mind on the mass that you're here for, never mind the fact that there's a living saint right next to you. So it was an amazing, um, Just I just was so feeling so blessed that God let us have that experience, not knowing what was going to open up. I had no idea that anything could top that day. And then right after Mass, Mother Teresa comes over and hugs my daughter, Salvea, because she genuflected so beautifully in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And Mother Teresa, you know, and I look and I see, oh, that was Mother Teresa that did that. So she came over and talked to us after a little while, and um, there's so much to the story, but it was um, a beautiful conversation. It was all about the family and how we were blessed. She said, you're so lucky to have your children because she's so used to seeing all the, the poverty and everything. And I said, I'm so blessed to have them. And so we had this wonderful time. And when I hugged her to say goodbye and my children, you know, hugging her, I felt like I was hugging like my grandmother, somebody I knew my whole life because it was Jesus in her. She radiated Jesus. She radiated so much love. And so that day, I thought, was just so incredible, and it was. But then after that, 
uh, I told the mother superior there, I called her up because I kept feeling like I need to write to mother and thank her for the miraculous medals she gave us and for her time. But no, I don't want to disturb her, her work. And it kept prodding at me, prodding at me. So finally I called the mother superior and I, I said, this is what I want to do, but I don't want to do it. And she said, Donna Marie, here's her address. You are to write to her. And she said it so prophetically. I said, are you sure? And she said, yes. Well, I wrote a letter, and then within a couple of weeks, the first letter came back from Mother Teresa from Calcutta. She had gone back home. And then that would be the first of 22 letters she would write to me. Isn't that beautiful? We had a meet, 12 more meetings. We had um, a phone call between Calcutta and the States. She helped me through a terrible, terrible divorce um, mm-hmm. that I had to go through, and she actually prayed me through so many things, even uh, that bed rest pregnancy, and she gave me a special medal yeah. that I wore, um, that I'm wearing now that I never take off. And so mm-hmm. it was an amazing friendship over those years, almost 10 years, and wow. I felt I was very quiet, and you know, I was in the trenches of motherhood, and plus a lot of really big challenges in my life. So I didn't really say much about it. I was just thankful for Father Hart and Mother Teresa. Sure. But then there came a time when my writing started, and I really felt that these are blessings meant to be shared. So I weave them through almost every single thing I write, everything I talk about. And so, um, you know, I feel like God wanted me, you know, to know them, to help me, but to help exactly. others. Exactly. It was you know? not, there's no such thing as coincidence, Father Harden always said. Donna Marie, we have to take one more break here. Sure, when we come back, sure. I'd like to, I'd like to exa- talk a little more about this with Mother Teresa, and I'll give you a couple experiences we had with her also. Great. Uh, David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on the EWTN Voice for Chicagoland, Winds of Change on AM 750, WNDZ, and on 88.5 FM, WSFI. Here's some good news. We are pleased to announce that St. Stanislaus Koska is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in answer to our Blessed Mother's call to open the doors. The Blessed Sacrament will again be exposed all day, every day, except when Masses or other services are being held. You are invited to come and pray anytime, day or night. For your safety, we ask that you practice social distancing and wear a mask. Hand sanitizer is available and St. Stan's has increased cleaning and sanitizing of the church, and a security person will be on site. More information can be found at ststanschurch.org. That's ststanschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. I'm David Carollo, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When winds of change is on the air, Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the winds of change tile and click on the listen live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Welcome back. David Carollo is sitting in with my guest, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. And um, Donna Marie, when we went to the break, we were talking about Mother Teresa and Father John Harden. And I want to say that one of the biggest days we ever had at the Blue Army Shrine was when uh, Mother Teresa came and... uh, there's still probably it's just over 30 years ago and i think there's still neighbors that are aggravated about the parking situation so (laughs) maybe maybe that's exaggerating a little bit but but everybody (laughs) remembers it and uh but it was it was a beautiful time she um you know she really left her mark here as she did everywhere she went and that was Mm, uh, very blessed to have her in our time yeah yeah god raises the saints in all parts of history when we need them most right well, I think that's just what it is. I mean, uh, you know, that God raises the saints at those times, and I think that's what we always have to remember. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. You know, and then if he, what a blessing if, when he lets you be so close, you know, when he allows the relationships and just, you know, even just learning about the saints is, you know, very yeah. beautiful. 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Donna Marie, another thing I'm looking at, uh, what we, we spoke earlier about, you, you, your, your, pres your, your appearance at Divine Mercy, but also yeah. you have a Lenten mission you're going to be doing in Connecticut, I believe, a women's retreat on May 6th. Well, yes. Um, actually, I have something on March 28th. Oh, March 28th, uh, it, I have. I'm sorry. Well, there are two, there were two of them. That one's Windsor, okay. Windsor, Connecticut, at St. Joseph's Church. That's for men and women. It's a Lenten mission, nice. and I'll mm -hmm. be speaking about divine mercy, about the spiritual life, and have mm -hmm. a Q&A after the talk and a book signing. And yeah. In Ridgefield on May 6th is the full-day women's ah, retreat gotcha. uh, at St. Mary's Church. It's actually the church I grew up in, so it'll be wonderful oh. to go back. Yeah. Sure. So that'll be beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe sometimes a prophet is recognized in her own in her own home. Is that how that works? I don't know. Maybe many years later, like this will maybe be. Let's hope so, right? Yeah. yeah. Whatever God wants is fine with me. No, no, that's, that's true. Yeah, and you're and you also have. Uh, uh, you're running the series on EWTN on um, uh, Jeanette Williams, uh, Women of Grace, this week. Is that oh correct? yes, thank you for mentioning. Yes. Uh, yeah. So all week on Women of Grace, and there'll be another show tonight. Uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, and I have them on my website, or if they're not all on there, I'm going to put those on. So if people have and missed And your website them, is, uh, Donna .com, is that correct? Yes, yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, and they can, anybody can visit, and there's lots of stuff on there. Mm -hmm. I also have another book coming out with EWTN Publishing, which is a Eucharistic Adoration book. So I'm very okay. happy about that. It will come out during the time of the Eucharistic Revival. Yeah. That's great. I mean, we need to, uh, we, we just need, you know, the Fatima message, when people say, what is the essence of the Fatima message? And it is Eucharistic reparation. Reparation, yes. but particularly Eucharistic reparation. Yeah. And we, and, and we do have, of course, here at St. Stan Costco, where this show broadcasts from, there is perpetual adoration. This is, this is the shrine of divine mercy in Chicago. Beautiful. Wow. So it really, yeah, it really is. And I, I'm, uh, if you're here in Chicago, you need to come yeah. and see it. It's just beautiful, most beautiful monstrance. Definitely and, uh, want to see it. Yeah, adoration going on other than mass times. Mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's just beautiful. Father Father Bush, whose show this actually is, I just guest host here. Uh, mm -hmm. He he brought he put all that together, and uh, it's just a great credit should go to him for this because wow. it's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful sign. And in our yeah. shrine in New Jersey at the Blue Army Shrine, we have adoration daily after the twelve thirty mass or 12 o'clock mass, excuse me, until 3 p.m. every day. Wow, and, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, mean, I have to get yes. down I have to get down there sometime, in, in the yes. spring maybe, when it gets Need warmer. To, yes. <laughs> to see yeah, you well, exactly. and to see Father Luke and to you know, see the yeah, pilgrims. We'd love to have you. We always have a Thank place you. for you here. We'd love to have Thank you down, you. yeah. And to see so, Dorothy. <laughs> I'd love to see yeah, her, too. Yeah, yeah. When I told her you were going to be my guest today, she was, she was very thrilled, especially speaking with her about uh, St. Faustina. Because mm. you know Dorothy is from Poland, and she was uh, right. she grew up, she grew up only about fifty miles from uh, you know Krakow, where uh, Saint Faustina was. And uh, one one great experience we had a few years back, mm -hmm. uh, we like like many we do that novena, which starts on Easter Sunday to Divine yes. Mercy, or on Good Friday, excuse me, to Good Divine Mercy Sunday. And uh, we went to Poland that following week, and so we finished the novena. At the gravesite of Saint Faustina, so it, wow, it was, that was that very is, special. That very is, special. you'll never forget that. that is no, amazing. it really, really was special. Yeah, and uh, of yeah. course, we've been there a number of times, but it was it was yeah. nice to to do it at that particular time. Exactly. Yeah, so I, oh. yeah but it's it, no, it's a great it's a great devotion. I and 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 you know, obviously, my mission is to promote primarily the message of Fatima, but. There's nothing in, in Divine Mercy which isn't just any more than an extension of this. It, it truly is. Exactly, um, yeah. I, I know I, I've worked in you. Of course, uh, you do a lot of work with the Marians and Father Chris Alar, who's a good friend. Uh, yeah. We've we worked together on many things, and, you know, it's it, we. that's why it was good to have him here speaking, too, or the Shrine speaking, because he, um, you know, he, he, he puts that, he puts it together very well. And I think he does. What, you know, and he's a, yeah. such a wonderful priest. He's so... Yeah. So amazing and so learned, and he's just a people's person. You know, he's really so helpful. Absolutely. You know, real quickly, on the first part of my uh, Eucharistic book, uh, the first reflection is about the Fatima children and about praying for the salvation of souls. And because and you had mentioned the, the number one uh, mission of, of, you know, down at the shrine there, the Fatima message mm -hmm. is to, for the, uh, to pray for the 
salvation of souls and the re- Eucharistic yeah, reparation. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't help but think of them right at the beginning of the book. Because they're just such good examples of it. I mean, and, and you yeah. mentioned uh, St. Saint Jacinta. And I, I, I mean, we do we, we work with the sisters, actually, of Coimbra in oh. the Carmel in Portugal, where, where um, Sister Lucia spent 57 of her wow. years. You know, remember, what Our Lady said to her, yeah. when, when he asked, will we go to heaven? <laughs> And she yes. said, yes, Jacinta Francisco will come soon, but you, Lucia, must wait a while longer, stay a while yeah. longer to make me known and loved. Well, that was 88 oh. years. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. <laughs> when you think about it. it, makes you think of what eternity must be. And and uh, But we work with them, and we've, we've co-published a number of books with them. Uh, the Pathway wow. Under the Gaze of Mary, which uh, they published in Portuguese and we publish in English. Wow. Uh, her, her Rosary Meditation book. And, of course, wow. we're doing a, a, an annual book that they're putting out now, an updated history of Sister Lucia, which they're publishing in Portuguese and we're doing in English. So, Beautiful. So, uh, really exciting. All this available if you look at our uh, uh, shopfatima.com or um, uh, bluearmy.com. And uh, but this, get this message out, because Lucia carried the message of Fatima yeah. th- throughout for the for these years, you know. She defined it, where, whereas the, the children gave us the, these... Just sent to Francisco gave us these models of simple faith, whereas yeah. Sister Lucia, although she maintained her simple faith, she brought it into her adulthood, and that's what we have to learn: is to keep simple in our faith in adulthood. What a great point! Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's that's a great thing of Saint Faustina. I think that's the mark of these wonderful saints: is they they never lost the simplicity that they that they embraced as children. And they weren't childish; they were no. childlike. Childlike with a childlike heart, and exactly, and also yeah. the Blessed Mother kept telling uh, Saint Faustina, "Humility, humility, humility." So even though she was already humble, you know, she still needed to learn. Like we all still need to learn that yeah. we need to possess that virtue of humility. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're so proud. I mean, pride is the backbone of all sin. And yeah. all the displeasure with God, you know, it started, I mean, with the, with the rebel angels, with our first parents. I mean, you know, everything, yeah. was, these, were, these were acts of pride that yeah. brought us brought us into sin. And it's, it's humility that repairs that. And, uh, exactly. And, yeah, and I think that's that's the point, you know, we, we have to choose. We have to choose where we go in life. Um, I think um, you, I, I was very touched by the words of little Jacinta after the yeah. vision of hell. And her right. comment was, why would anybody want to go there? Right. You know, this was, you know, why would anybody want to go? Because no one's there by accident, you know. And right. You know, exactly. We may be tricked into things, but the reality mm-hmm. is we, we accept sin, which allows this type of thing to happen. And St. Faustina, she, she said most of the people she saw in hell when she was led to hell were people who didn't believe in the existence of hell to begin with. And she had to write a whole testimony on hell in her diary, testifying to the fact that it is real. There are so many chasms of hell. You know, it's so amazing how these wonderful saints have, what God showed them so that they can tell us and what they suffered for the message and how we have this information, we have this, and we need to do something with it, like believe it. And help yeah. others help others to know because a lot of the, the biggest trick of the devil is to try to uh, convince you anyone that there's no such thing as hell and there's no consequence for sin. So yeah. if you don't have to work, then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Padre Pio spoke of that often. Well, time is up. Donna Marie, thank you for being on today. It was beautiful having you. For more information on her work, go to DonnaCooperOboyle.com or to our website, BlueArmy.com. David Carollo here for Father Anthony today. Thank you for joining us. What's there to say when the world makes no sense? Do we search deeper truths or sit on the fence? Can you see? Meaningless thoughts
shall appear strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed. Read the signs. No time to hide the wind.